This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Breakaway fans, welcome to another week of the Blue Shirts Breakaway. Listen, the team's not not doing well, but we're gonna make the playoffs. Greg, say hello. What's up, buddy? What's up, my man? We got a big show today. We had our first uh, big time interview. We had Bob Crawford from the AHL. He is the Wolfpack announcer, uh, and we have a lot of stuff coming up this week, guys. So if you're a Blue Shirt Breakaway fan and you're Jonesing for more, guess what? You got two more podcasts. We're gonna do a baseball over under and a WrestleMania preview podcast, and those are both coming later this week. I believe the uh, baseball over under will be Thursday morning and the WrestleMania podcast will be Wednesday, uh, Wednesday, sorry, Friday morning. So that's good. Uh, where do we even start, Greg? We lost to two of our rivals. We beat the team that beat us in the cup. We, Hedrick came back and looked kind of like crap. Where do we go from here? Uh, well, if the Islanders lose tonight, as everyone will know when they're listening to this tomorrow morning, it almost won't matter because we'll still be in the playoffs. And you know what? We are firmly entrenched as a second one. The number one wild card team, which is exactly where we want to be. So again, as we've been saying for what, like two weeks straight now, it's kind of felt like spring training. These games don't matter. It's whose line is it anyway? Points don't count. Results don't matter. Everything gets ripped up. At this point, our goal, my goal for the week was don't get embarrassed, right? I don't think we got embarrassed by the Devils. I think that's a game the Rangers played well enough to win and probably should have won. Uh, if a, a call or two goes their way, it's a different result. Same thing with the Islanders. A uh, bit of a bullshit goal that tied that game up in the third period where it went off two different players' skates. And it was kind of like a, you know, a horse shot that if done a hundred times, probably wouldn't be able to be replicated. Yeah, it was incredible. Um, and then you dominate the, I mean, I wouldn't say the Rangers dominated the Kings. Auntie Ranta once again stood on his head because the defense didn't exactly look phenomenal, but wouldn't have they. That was an important two points because it shaved numbers off. And then, I was expecting rust for Hank's return. I'd say there was plenty of rust. I wasn't expecting Kevin Klein to be inserted back into the lineup on the top pair and play 20-plus minutes in his first game back. Was not expecting that. Um, um, it sure didn't help, <laughs> no. if we're being completely honest. Well, Girardi did come back and play 20 minutes, and he did, frankly, the same thing. But he actually looked okay on the ice. Right. It's almost like if you have a struggling defenseman coming back from injury where they haven't played for 10-plus games, maybe, I don't know, ease them back into the lineup instead of literally throwing them to the Wolves? No, why not throw them to the Wolves? It's time to experiment. Listen, you just made the point, and I hate to play contrarian here, you made the point of spring training. Let's try. Let's just try some things, like like putting Kevin <laughs> Klein in the top line. Rangers not- have tried all season long, specifically with Klein. I will say that Girardi... If gun pointed to my head, 
Girardi looked better than Klopp. I, I think that's fair to say. And I'd, I'd say throughout the season, Girardi has been a little better than Klopp. I also have more loyalty to Girardi as a fan. Like, I'd rather go down with, like, if I'm going down, I want to go down with the guy that's been with me the whole time. You know what I mean? If I'm going down, I'm going down with Clendenning, and I don't want to hear anything other. Listen, but we, we said we'd talk less about him on this podcast, but that's no That's the, this, this time and maybe one other time I will mention him. I'm not going into a big spiel about him. Uh, but I, I understand what you're saying, right? Your point is, I just said these games don't count, so why not play Klein and Girardi 20 minutes just to see what you have? Right? That's what you're saying? Right, exactly that. That's not the right kind of experimenting. That's like saying, <laughs> I'm not going to study for this test. Oh, by the way, it's in French, but I'm going to answer all the questions in English. Like, if you already have the A and now you're just fucking around, you're not helping yourself by taking a French test in English and expecting to get a good grade. You're just, you're still just going to fail. Like, you're not challenging yourself by doing that. You're just being stupid, which is the equivalent of playing Kevin Klein 20 plus minutes after he literally just missed 15 games. Ease him in. Like, you're setting him up for failure. Ease him in. Give him 10 minutes. Spin zone. On spin the third zone. Pairing. You just said you're Give setting him up for failure. Maybe AV wants him to fail so he doesn't have a reason to play him. Maybe he wants, no. he's like setting him up. You know, maybe he's too smart about it. No. You're, <laughs> AV is not fucking Sizer fucking Kose here, bro. That's, that's not how it is. Listen, he's I'm not, just trying to connect the dots. It's Kaiser Soze, isn't it? I just totally messed that yeah, up. Yeah, you really did. Uh, we know we are here. You, you, don't, you don't come here for my hot takes about Kevin Spacey characters. Um, no, I, I disagree. I think the experimentation would be playing Clendenning, playing, playing Clendenning and Camphor on the same night. Like, what, what if the Rangers what? did that? <laughs> like, that would be experimentation. Yeah. Putting Stahl on the third line, easing Klein back in on the third line, Changing up the pairings that way, not just because at some point it's it's kind of the same thing with Hank, where we need Hank to play these games so he's not rusty. I need Ryan McDonough to play these last six games with actual defensemen so he knows what to do in the playoffs. Like, I'm not worried about Ryan McDonough. He's proven to be a star. He's our number one for a reason. He's going to play hard, I guess, with whoever you put him up there. And I know that because you keep putting him up there with Girardi and fucking Klein. At the same time, whoever you want Ryan McDonough playing with 20-plus minutes every night, you need to play him with that person for the next six games. If it's Mark Stahl, it has to be the next six games. If it's Brandon Smith, it has to be the next six games. If it's Brady Shea, you have to play them together for the next six games. We're past. That's the kind of – this is about setting – it's almost like when a baseball team clinches the division with 10 games left. It doesn't become about winning and losing. It becomes about setting up your starting rotation for game one. And the way the Rangers need to set up their starting rotation for game one, right now, next game, whoever's playing with Ryan McDonough needs to play with him the rest of the year, and that has to be his partner in the, in the playoffs, I feel at like least for game one. I feel like it should be Brandon Smith. I know that was a nightmare when they, when they played together, but it just feels like that was like the reason we traded for him. Uh, but we just keep playing him with Holden. You know, that's – or, or wow, setting him down to the third Holden's line. Holden's looked awful, right? Like. Yeah. Holden's regressed. Holden has been the definition of a roller coaster this entire season. I, he was in my doghouse so low at the beginning of the season. And he, give him credit, worked his way up. He was pretty good to decent for the second third of that season. And now his game's cratered. He hasn't been good. We were talking two weeks ago where, you know, the Rangers were in a weird situation where 
could they justify putting both Girardi and Klein back in the lineup and sitting someone like Holden? I, I don't think you can justify Klein over Holden, but I think you can justify Camphor over Holden straight up or Clendenning over Holden straight up. Like, if you're going to bench two defensemen and they're Klein and Holden, I can't blame you. Like, that's how bad Holden's been. Mm. He, hasn't, he hasn't been worthy of being in the lineup every night. Maybe Holden needs a two-game breather. Like, maybe just give Holden two games off. Just completely rest him, recharge him mentally. I'm not totally against that idea, but I'm not sitting Holden for the playoffs. He's got to be, you know, he's got to be. No, I, I, I think, I think he's play. the Rangers have set themselves up where they're going to be as good as their weaker defensemen let them be. And they've decided that Nick Holden, in order for the Rangers to be good, Nick Holden has to be the third or fourth best defenseman on this team. And the Rangers are at a point where he's either going to be that or he's not. And that we don't have an alternative right now. Like, we don't have options. We've run out of time. Trade deadline's long gone. Holden's going to sink or swim. But if you want, look, defense if you want to give, if you want to give Klein and Girardi 15 minutes, you have to just tell Holden this isn't a benching. Clear your mind. We're giving you two games off. Get your legs ready for the playoffs because we want to make a long run. And then put them right back in. But I mean, honestly. All right, so we're at the point right. where we need to talk about what our perfect pairings are going to be for the postseason, right? No, we can do that next week. <laughs> uh, Fair. I'm just. I, I want just, to do our full, you know, playoff preview as it as it comes. Yeah, I just, don't really uh, talk about it right it now. It really. Well, that's fine because I'm probably going to need a week to think about who the hell should be paired with. I Holden do want to talk about our, our offense Stahl. real quick because we haven't really had any problems with it. You know, in the last six games, we've only scored three goals, not three goals, once, and that was against the Devils, and we lost in overtime. Um, and then we, we scored two goals. So this team's scoring goals. The offense has been there. We, you know, we I think have, we only scored two goals against the Islanders, too. Uh, oh, you are correct. Sorry, I read that wrong. You're right. Yep. Um, we are scoring goals, though. That's my point. You know, and we're not getting we're not getting it done on defense, which we knew was going to be the problem all year. It's got to get stuff together now. Those pairings, you know, are not going to come easy. It's going to be a fight in the playoffs. It's not going to be easy against Montreal, which is who we're still going against at this point in time. Yep, and probably will be when the regular season ends. Look, the top six are playing phenomenal. I think the top two lines, however you juggle them up, have been great. Well, we I, said I do not personally like Jimmy VC getting jumped up to the top line just because, again, I really liked what the kid line was doing. I didn't see any reason to break it up. Um, but, you know, sometimes you got to call a spade a spade. Michael Grabner has only had one goal in his last 17 yeah, games. Yeah, what is up with that? I Look, I don't – I think it's simple. I think uh, this is Michael Grabner. <laughs> I, like, I, he's a streaky hockey player. You know what's weird? He still he was, gets all the breakaways. Like, he has – he's had those breakaways in all the games. And he's yeah, had the remember, open, open looks. The knock, on, the knock on Grabner was he couldn't he, score on breakaways when he came to the Rangers. And all of a sudden, at the beginning of the season, he became the Grabner's netting goals. Yep. And, look, this is Michael Grabner. This is what makes him tantalizing, though. And still why I think it was worthy of not trading him at the deadline. Because – he has that 30-goal scoring potential. Teams see that. They like that. They salivate for that. So I still think Grabner has um, expansion draft value for Las Vegas. It's, is it hurting the Rangers right now? Not really. Because, again, as you've mentioned, the, the top six is dynamite right now. Rick Nash is on a tear. Derek Stepan's back. One, He's back, baby. One could, one can only hope that Nash will finally score goals in the playoffs. No, that could never happen. <laughs> wow, look, he's getting hot at the right time, though. Like, this is the time you would want Rick Nash hot. I don't want Rick Nash hot in October, when which is when he's been hot before, yeah. and he usually gets 15 goals in 10 games. 
this is the time I want Nash hot. Step on red hot. I I'm enjoying what I'm seeing from Zibanejad. Zuccarello's been playing well. Hey, Brady Shea's hot too. Brady Shea's been Brady Shea. Not for nothing. Ryan McDonough has been our best defenseman. Brady Shea has easily been number two. Oh, it's and not even close. It's not even a competition. Consistently all season, too. There was earlier in the season, he had a bit of a rough stretch, but he snapped out of it. Man, he's going to be good. He's, he's, he's already fun. good. He's the- yeah, but I mean, you know what I mean. He's going to be good for a long time. He's got a long NHL career ahead of him. And, you know, we probably should have asked Bob Crawford when he was on about Shea. Um, oh, that was a mistake. Yeah, <laughs> okay. we we talked about some other guys that you guys are going to hear about. We talked, we we talked a good amount about Buchnevich and yep. how he looked different when on the ice with players at the AHL level. So Shea Shea's going to be fantastic talent. And you know, you talk about getting angry that the Rangers have traded first round picks and whatnot. They were smart never to include Brady Shea in a single trade discussion. Oh, if they would have done that, we would have rioted, right? What we I would have what would we have done? I mean. If you told me back when the trade happened, if I had to choose between Duclair and Shea, I probably would have taken Duclair. Oh, like, definitely. I'm not going yeah. to lie to you. You're right. You're right. We would have ta- we would have taken Duclair in a heartbeat. Wouldn't even be a close. But, you know, I, I can't imagine where this Ranger team would be without Brady Shea. I can tell you. Then, then it would be <laughs> literally just Ryan McDonough. I can tell you, yeah. One, it would just be guy. McDonough versus the entire other team's yeah. offense. It would be awful. Ryan McDonough versus the world where he has to fight off the – seven X's of the Rangers blue line that are all equally terrible in their own way. Underrated movie. Underrated. I enjoy it. Yeah. It was on the Marist channel a lot when we were in school. So I saw it a lot. Shout out to the Marist channel. Um, Shout out to the Marist channel. Marist channel did kill super bad for me though. Oh, like yeah. I've seen super bad too many times. Yeah. After the fourth time it loses its lackluster. It's uh, yeah, it, it's in the twenties. The amount of times I've seen super bad and it's not really by choice. It's just cause I don't like commercials. I don't want if I'm falling asleep, I just want something on TV. This is why so, Netflix is so successful. You don't have to change the channel. It just keeps going. Yeah, but and Netflix is smart enough to ask me after three episodes, are you still awake? Are you okay? Are you okay, buddy? Right? What's going on? <laughs> you don't me? judge me. You yes, me? I've watched 12 episodes of <laughs> Parks and Recreation today. Who are you to tell me that's wrong? Is it All right, side note, because back to some, some, some nonsense here. I've never deep-dived into The Office. Have you? Yes. Okay. Everyone I know on Snapchat or elsewhere just posts Snapchats of them watching The Office. Over and over and over again. Is it just like the most rewatchable show of all time? Am I missing out? No. Uh, I think it, you're missing out. You should watch it once through, um, probably twice through. I think I've done it twice through. Uh, I mean, like most shows, the later seasons kind of get, get bad. not good. Yeah. Um, the I didn't really care for the last season specifically, but I mean, it was it was a powerhouse show in its prime with Steve Carell and. Ed Helms and John, you know, everybody in that show. It's a great show. It's a funny show. It has some fantastic episodes and some fantastic moments. I don't think it's that rewatchable. Um, Dude, everyone rewatches of, it all the time. Like, I will say the show, I'm, I'm pissed that this show's leaving Netflix. But the types of shows that I can watch just, if I don't want to watch something new, like I just need something on in the background that I can jump in and out I of. I, I think I know where you're going with this. I'm super well, excited. It's Bob's Burgers, first oh, of all. Oh, never mind. I've seen I've seen Bob's Burgers, Archer, and uh, I can probably do I if okay so I guess like if we wanted to take out animated TV shows like that, um, I think Parks and Rec is a lot easier to go back and watch random seasons than The Office. Hmm. Hmm. So I actually have a side note. One more side note. I might be able to get a Bob's Burger writer on this podcast. Like, stick with me. I'll, Say it again. I might be able to get a Bob's Burger writer on this podcast. Yeah, but. 
you know, L.I. Joe. Yeah, that I know. was fun. Yeah, that was fun. That was a great interview, right? One of my I'm best not, friends. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'm trusting you with your okay. – I, I can get X, Y, Z on this show. I can't really do much, but I'm going to try. Um, How many times have I talked about Bob's Burgers and you're just bringing this up for the first time now? Yeah, I should probably tell you that. A, a listener of our show happened to be one of our good friends. His cousin is a writer of the show, so I wonder if they can hook us up. I've actually seen a script for uh, two years from now from a show, one of the episodes. Anyway – um, yeah, I got questions. <laughs> right. Na- namely, how dare they let Netflix take it away? Yeah, where's it going? Hulu? No, it's just you need a Netflix. Mm, it's going somewhere. Um, no, no. I right. just want best Netflix yeah. show to watch anytime, any place. Planet Earth. Planet Earth is so watchable. Mm. Just put it on at any mm. point in time. Just have it in the background. Just be super relaxed. Watch some animals fight each other. I I crushed through Planet Earth uh, as my fall asleep TV show because it's kind of like what you're saying. I can be super interested in planet earth for 40 minutes and then by minute 41 i'm asleep but the great thing is i can just go back and watch it again and i i repeated that task it was only it's only like eight episodes season one and it took me about two and a half weeks to watch it because i would just keep falling asleep midway and i would <laughs> want to go back and rewatch it um but i'm doing that now with uh i am a well-versed human being you really I'm watching i'm watching ken burns's civil war and it is fascinating oh we talked we had i didn't I don't watch want, this yet but I now, I don't want anyone to spoil how it ends because uh, I haven't gotten that far yet. <laughs> but, yeah, no, Ken Burns, I'll watch about an hour worth of an episode, fall asleep, and then the next day finish that episode. Is this a documentary? And, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. All right. Maybe lots, we'll- of, lots of old-time pictures. And Morgan Freeman oh. uh, reads letters of Frederick Douglass, and it's just the most perfect thing. Okay, I'm going to watch that. Maybe we'll do a special episode this summer because it's going to be it's gonna be a dry summer for us. So You said that last summer, and we still had plenty of stuff. We had to plenty of content. About. That is very true. Well, let's go back to Rangers for a couple more minutes here, and then we'll go over to Bob Crawford. Or Hawk Crawford, as he calls himself. Uh, so we have the upcoming – oh, news. Uh, the, the Rangers signed Vinny Littieri. Uh, he is a college player, uh, undrafted free agent, was not drafted in the NHL. Uh, his game is yet to be really be seen. Uh, he was a leading scorer on his team. He was recruited by Stepan and Shea, though. And, you know, it's funny. I find this funny that the Rangers keep recruiting these guys. Like, Hayes recruited VC. Now now Stepan and Shea, who who played with Vinny Glitier at some camps, recruited him. It was between the Rangers and the Blackhawks. Doesn't it always seem like it comes down to between the Rangers and the Blackhawks? Like, those are the two places players want to play if they can. Like, if they have the choice. Oh, my God. I can't believe players want to go to Chicago or New York. Weird, right? Why is it never LA though? Why is it never like the Kings? Maybe they. I don't. I don't know. I. I can't answer that. I know. I. I just throwing it out there. All right. So. I, I, I can't answer. Listen, that. he's gonna. We talk a little bit about that with Bob Crawford uh, about about what he's gonna bring. You know, not. We haven't really seen a lot of his game yet, but it, it's nice to be able to get top free agent prospects uh, to come to the Rangers. Obviously, because they have relationships with with players that come. Are you gonna describe me? Sort of, well, I. I just want to call him a top. There's a reason why. Lettieri wasn't drafted coming out of I said, college. I said free agent, not drafted. Yeah, but he, he really didn't – he scored more goals this year as a senior than, than he, he had in his yes, first three years combined. That's so correct. he has to prove – it's a good gamble by the Rangers because, first of all, the Rangers' farm system isn't exactly in it's a state. doo-doo! <laughs> they can't exactly – beggars can't be choosers is the old saying. Uh, so you have to see if the scoring is legit. Uh, he's a bit of an undersized player, but, you know, Bob on the podcast talks about how undersized players have advantages now that they didn't have before, which you guys will hear about. Um, you know, take the chance. What There is no harm in signing someone like Lettieri to see if his game can translate to the next level. No, It's a two-year deal. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. 
you stocked that farm. Good for you. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta. The Rangers at this point need to bring in wild cards, and I think you know uh, Gilmore, who they signed as a defenseman from Providence last year, he's the same kind of wild card where you sign the guy, you hope it works. If it doesn't work, it's not like you've committed a high draft pick to this guy. Right. All right. So yeah, I think it's a, a gamble that's worth it, like you said. Uh, he's gonna bring. Listen, even if he comes to the NHL and becomes a fourth liner, like we made out, that's all it is. So it's it's small term. Even game. if it just makes Hartford better, I think we make out. That's like, true. I, I don't I don't think the Rangers are necessarily pinning a lot of NHL hopes and dreams on this kid. No, probably not. But you know, been surprised before. Let's talk sure. about the upcoming games real quick. Uh, we usually do national holidays here. We didn't do some good research this time, so we're gonna make up our own. Uh, listen. It, <laughs> today's Tuesday. We're playing the Sharks. We're still on our LA road trip. At 10.30, we're playing uh, in, oh my god, San Jose? Is that San Jose Sharks? Oh my god, my brain just exploded, Greg. Yeah, they play in San Jose. Do you know the way to San Jose? No, I don't actually, uh, but it is, cactuses are your best friend day. So, you know what, if you're lonely out that's there... Your, that's your meetup holiday? Yeah, cactuses are your best friend. <laughs> How did you get there? Uh, well, I have, a, I have a cactus next to me and I really have nothing else in my life. You're not really my oh. friend, more than my co-host. Okay. <laughs> So right. it's, it's a sad life. That's all I'm saying. Fucked up, but whatever. I was actually going to go with bidet day because I really think bidets are wonderful. But uh, I, I, couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't get to that. All right, Friday. We're going reversing the Penguins at home in MSG. Greg, do you have a made-up national holiday for this? Yeah, it's uh, National Getaway with Crime Day. Oh. Because, because if, if Sidney Crosby can break off one guy's finger, anything's possible. Dude, how did it not get called? Well, I just... Okay, here's, here's the week Sidney Crosby had last week, right? Everyone goes apeshit about the incredible one-handed backhand goal he scores, right? Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, nobody talks about him nut-checking Ryan O'Reilly in the same game. Like, like he legitimately stuck his stick between Ryan O'Reilly's legs and flipped upwards, just knocked him in the balls. No one talks about that. They just go, oh, did you see Sidney's goal? It's the goal of the year. I'm like, did you see Sidney? Try and ruin a man's family. It's, why aren't we talking about that? I don't understand why everyone doesn't look at him like he, he gets special. Then, he gets star treatment, right? He gets star Sydney, treatment. Sidney Crosby legitimately removes the tip of a finger <laughs> from someone on the Senators. And instead of blaming Crosby, people are like, well, how come the ref didn't call it? Who The act is worse than not calling the penalty. He nearly decapitated a man's hand. Right. And like, it, he was like he was obvious. He was slashing. This is like when Ovi slashes the Rangers and he doesn't get called. Like he's hitting Dan Girardi in the ribs with a stick, and the refs looking right at him. And I'm like, what the fuck, ref? What the hell? It's just, it's just okay. The the things that make Sidney Crosby a bitch, right, is that he can get away with this shit, and then if someone farts on him, it's the end of the world. He falls, and it, like it's, it's a five minute major. It's a five minute major. Yeah, I don't understand. I would love it's to. Just, it, How much would you have to pay uh, to fart on Sidney Crosby? <laughs> Uh, oh boy. Yeah. Uh, how much would I have to pay or yeah. how much? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have enough money. Yeah, it's that me either. Yeah, he would probably charge a lot. But yeah, it's just, it's amazing. And some of the national hockey writers that just do whatever they can, they do friggin' media gymnastics to defend Crosby when he nut checked a guy and cut off a guy's fingertip in the same week. And they're like, well, it's on the refs. They got to make the calls. I don't know. The player could always just not do it. Not like that is an option. He's a dirty player. I I, I really do believe that. It's it, yeah. It's, it's, he's, it's, he's very it, hard it, to like. It's super frustrating when a writer is like, "Look, it happens everywhere in the league. Just because it's Sidney Crosby doesn't mean we can focus on it any more than we should. It should have been a penalty." No, it's it's still the fact that Sidney Crosby did it. 
Listen, that's all that matters. Can we agree this this league lacks like national star power? Uh, yeah, because the best players are Canadian, right? And our best our best player does things to win. What? That you shouldn't do? Okay, yeah, all right. Well, I'm saying Crosby and Ovechkin are like probably the only two names that are known nationally, right? Um, no, I think people know who Patrick Kane is. Okay, that's fair. For one one reason or another. Yeah, okay. I'd say if you ask someone that doesn't follow hockey to name two hockey players, I think Crosby and Ovechkin are the first names that come out of the mouth. And that's probably why they get the special treatment. And, like, listen, he shouldn't be able to do that, and he can get away with it because he's Sydney. I don't think Ovechkin gets special treatment. You think he gets shit on? I, I think Ovechkin gets called fairly. Hmm. I see. I just or at least not against well, the Rangers. My opinion. Well, I think you're being a little biased in that. So I think you're confusing. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, but I also think Ovechkin gets called fairly because he has the reputation to be a physical player, whereas the Sidney Crosby reputation is more of finesse. So when Sidney Crosby does something physical, people are like, "Oh, Sidney Crosby." Breaking out from the mold a little bit, being a little different, where it's just like, nah, Crosby's a Crosby's a dirty little fucker. That's what he is. Yeah, he is. Speaking of uh, the term you just used, on Friday we play, uh, no, Saturday, Sunday we play the Flyers at 7.30. Your thoughts, ah, Greg? You, you mean National Sleep With Your Sister Day? <laughs> I think that's like, all. If we're, go, if we're going to Philly, <laughs> do as the Phillies do. Oh, listen, they're not even that far south, man. They're really not. Look, Philly is its own Alcatraz, man. I think that that's the name of my new record. Philly is its own Alcatraz. <laughs> not, not, uh, not three primary logs? No, three primary logs is, is the second track on my new EP. Um, which will... so, the, so the so the the mixtape's name is Philly is its own Alcatraz. Yeah, this, and track the two. Single, the single that comes off Philly is the own is its own Alcatraz and is three primary logs. Is that's correct? And uh, the so the follow up will be Bidet Day. Clean them up. <laughs> all right terrible enough thought we, about we, that. we did a we did we did a very serious adult interview with Guys, bob crawford on now this now that we've done uh poop jokes and cleaning poop jokes uh it's time to talk with bob crawford <laughs> he we did a very serious interview it's the most professional thing we've ever done here and we're gonna call over to that now and come back and say goodbye to you guys uh so let's go over to bob right now and we're back and we have bob crawford of ahl uh wolfpack fame here bob say hello how you doing, guys? Pretty good. Greg, I know you wanted to start this by asking the first question to Bob, so why don't you tee it up? Sure. We're, we're just going to go back and forth. Uh, easiest question off the top, Bob, for you. Uh, we, we're just curious, how long have you been involved in hockey? How long have you been with the Wolfpacks? Just to set the stage for us and our listeners. Well, I've been uh, in the AHL for almost 30 years now, since uh, 1988, and I've been with the uh, Wolfpack throughout uh, – the entire history of the franchise. I moved here with the team in uh, 1997 when uh, the AHL team that was the Binghamton Rangers uh, was moved uh, here to Hartford when uh, the Whalers left for uh, North Carolina. Been here ever since uh, with the uh, Wolfpack, and that's been uh, been a great run. 20th year of the franchise now, and uh, I've enjoyed every minute of it. So since you uh, you call games for the Wolfpack, does that make you a Ranger fan? Because you said you've been there for 20 years, or are you just a strictly a Wolfpack guy? No, I definitely uh, I root for the Rangers as well and follow them very closely. Uh, obviously, what happens with the Rangers uh, certainly affects what goes on with the Wolfpack. So, yeah, I, I pay close attention to the Rangers, and, and I uh, I know 
uh, a lot of their staff and, and a lot of their players pretty well because a significant number of them uh, came through here uh, at certain times. Uh, Jeff Bukaboom was uh, our assistant coach here for five years. Uh, so I, I know uh, I know most of the uh, the key people. Jim Schoenfeld's uh, been our general manager for uh, a good long time. So, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I know and like uh, a lot of the players and, and uh, a lot of the staff as well. So I'm, I'm very – I didn't grow up a Ranger fan. I'm from Chicago originally. But, uh, uh, yeah, over the course of the time that uh, I've been out in this part of the country and working in the Ranger organization, yeah, very definitely a Ranger fan. Follow-up question. Do you end up traveling with the team a lot? Does that make you – get closer to the players? Yeah, I do uh, all the games. So uh, I go right on the road with the team. Uh, uh, however they travel, it's 99.9% of the time by bus. And yeah, that's a, that's a real good way to get close to the players. You're uh, around them in, in such close quarters for long periods of time. And, and you, you get to, to know their uh, personality quirks a little bit. And, and yeah, it's, uh, you, you really do get to become a close group. And, and when, uh, uh, one of them gets a chance to to move on and and further his career and, and get a chance at the big show. Uh, you know, everybody, including myself, is is really excited and really happy for them. Is there a particular now, player that stands out for you that had uh, that you became you have a special bond with that it had succeeded in going to the NHL level? I don't know if there's uh, anybody that I had a particular bond with. I think mean, I'm so much older than the guys now. When I first started doing what I do, I was. Uh, <laughs> pretty much the same age as, as the players that were coming up. And, and now I'm just about old enough to be most of their dads. So uh, right. uh, I, I don't know if there's anyone I'm particularly close to, but, uh, you know, it, it's always neat when you see uh, a guy like uh, Dan Girardi come through that, that you know, was uh, was not a draft pick, was not uh, a name that was on the tip of anybody's tongue as far as a prospect list or whatever. And he comes out of the ECHL and, and becomes a real good AHL player and then, uh, moves on and, and uh, turns out to be a, a real good NHL player as well. Those those, those are ones that uh, you always kind of remember because that's uh, you kind of when you work in this league for a long time, you kind of feel that that that's what this league is all about. You know, there's there's some players that, uh, that really don't spend much time uh, developing in in the AHL and, and they're pretty close to being NHL players when when they're ready to turn pro. But uh, the guys that get uh, developed and kind of honed and and uh, uh, sort of the uh, the hidden gems are, are the ones you kind of remember the most. Yeah, Bob, I grew up in Fairfield County, so it was a lot easier going to Hartford to watch Wolfpack games than it was to go to the Garden to watch the Rangers. And when I was in high school, the player my buddy and I fell in love with was Nigel Dawes because it seemed like he scored every night we came up. I think I think it was a 30-plus goal score for the Wolfpack as well. And he was he was one of the guys you talk about where he didn't really have a whole lot of prospect hype behind him, but he was just one super competitive player in the AHL and just a fantastic score at that level too. Yeah. Great, great AHL player. Uh, you know, he's one of those guys that uh, certainly looked like in the AHL that uh, uh, he, he certainly had enough skill to, to play in the NHL and maybe just uh, never found a role where he could be comfortable and, and succeed with a, a particular team, but uh, has gone over to, to Russia now and had himself an unbelievable career. So, uh, yeah, really. That, that's that's typical of a guy that uh, uh, was was always a dominant player. Um, we've seen a lot of him over the years uh, at the AHL level, and maybe, you know he he had some time in the NHL, but uh, never really made it as a as a full time NHL. And there's a a lot of guys out there like that where you think, boy, if it, if things had happened a little differently for him, or if he'd uh, 
been with a different organization or, or been slotted into a different role at the NHL level, uh, he, he might have made it. It might have stayed there. But uh, certainly, yeah, a guy who, uh, whenever he played in the AHL, always stood out. Now, we kind of want to talk about the reverse of what happens sometimes. Obviously, the stories are great of when an AHL player graduates to the NHL, but there are times when NHL veterans are sent back to the AHL either because a roster spot needs to be freed up or simply their skills are diminishing. Is there a little bit more buzz and excitement both with the crowd and the young prospects on the team when an NHL veteran is brought back to the Wolfpack? Yeah, I think there is. I think uh, maybe they, they get tipped out around a little bit because the automatic assumption is that uh, they're not real happy with their current situation. But uh, uh, I think by and large, yeah, it's it's a, a spark to the team. Uh, younger players get to watch a guy uh, who's uh, experienced everything at the NHL level and, and knows exactly how things work at that level. And, uh, you know, they get a chance uh, – to, to observe not only the way he approaches things on the ice, but the way he carries himself off the ice and the way he interacts with teammates. And, and uh, uh, guys can have a, a really major impact on, on an AHL team just in that way, in, in my observation. Not, uh, you know, obviously they're, they're um, really good, uh, you know, players for the AHL level. But, you I know, mean, I think I find a lot of the time that the difference between a top-end NHL, a top-end AHL player and an NHL player in terms of skill on the ice, really isn't that great. But uh, uh, the when guys have uh, have tasted of the big show for a long time, uh, uh, they certainly uh, they have a certain air to them. And and I think that uh, if, when a guy comes down and and uh, uh, brings that kind of uh, savvy to uh, to an AHL locker room that that's full of younger players, it it can really have uh, a, a positive effect on the team. Uh, speaking of which, uh, you know, I haven't got a chance to watch a lot of AHL Wolfpack this year, so my apologies, but I know Tanner Glass has been down there most of the year until recent. Uh, what has he brought to the team, and, and how has his play been? Well, that's a great example of what I was just talking about. Uh, a guy who, you know, he came down uh, to the Wolfpack with 500 games of NHL experience and uh, had had a good long career behind him. Uh, but uh, he, from day one when he was with the Wolfpack, uh, he always approached things in a 100% positive way and, and uh, uh, made it a point uh, to be a, a real driving positive force uh, uh, behind this Wolfpack team. He played every kind of role that uh, uh, the coaches could have asked of him, uh, killed penalties, played a regular shift, and, and he, uh, you know, he's not a guy that has to prove anything in a, in a fight at the AHL level, but he was more than willing to, to take on uh, any comers in terms of the fistic department and, and show the skills that way that, that uh, uh, made him a real force in the NHL for a long time. Um, and obviously he's a bright guy. He's a smart guy, Ivy league educated guy. So he knows how the world works. I think he, uh, he, he had a, a, a good take, a reasonable take on his situation. And, and, uh, and he was a, really, he showed a, a great example to younger players in the sense of uh, just was taking everything one day at a time and, uh, doing everything the right way and, and figured that if, if he did that, that something good was going to happen eventually. And uh, I think uh, everybody was thrilled for him when he got a chance to, to go back up and, and certainly not surprised that uh, uh, he's he's been a, a pretty important cog for uh, the Rangers in, in several wins since he's gone back up. Bob, do you think Ranger fans are too hard on Tanner Glass? I mean, I'd be I'd be lying if I said I haven't been critical of him being in the lineup some nights with the Rangers. It, it is it almost unfair? You interact with players more than we do, so I'm sure they hear what's being said about them in the media 
and you might be able to relay that a little bit. It, does it cross the line with Tanner sometimes with Ranger fans? Uh, you know, to be honest with you, I, I don't uh, really pay a lot of attention to that stuff. All I know is that uh, uh, he's a, in, knowing him personally and watching him uh, go about his business on a day-to-day basis, uh, he couldn't be more of a class act, and he uh, he couldn't be more of a player's player. So, uh, you know, it, it's it's awful easy to uh, to throw darts from afar behind a keyboard or or uh, on a phone. But uh, you know, having uh, being able to to know the guy as well as I have uh, just over the the relatively short time he was here, and and watching how he approaches things, uh, you know, I think if. Uh, if people got, a, if everybody got a chance to to see that, uh, they they would love the guy. To be honest with you. Speaking of, um, I don't know if notorious is the right word, but maybe one of the higher profile contracts or bad contracts the Rangers have sent down to Hartford over the last twenty years may have been Wade Redden. Uh, but the stories about Wade Redden's time in Hartford, I have never heard a negative word either from him or from any of the teammates he interacted with. Can you tell us? a little bit about Wade's time in Hartford? I'd say just about the same kind of things I said about uh, Tanner Glass. Obviously, different kind of players, uh, and certainly Wade's a, a, a low-key guy. Uh, but, boy, yeah, from day one, um, Wade Redden seemed to pour his heart and soul into the Wolfpack. Uh, he immediately became uh, a really appreciated part of the team and, uh, and a good mentor, a good example of young players. Uh, by the end of the time he was in Hartford, he'd been uh, named the team's captain, and, and I think that pretty much tells you all you need to know about uh, his approach. Um, he, he never uh, he never uttered a negative word. There was there was no sort of uh, a poor me type of uh, uh, image coming out of him uh, at, at all. He he was a, a true pro, and uh, you know he, he really uh, whatever. You know, whatever the contract situation was, or, or you know anything going back to to when he joined the organization, uh, just just judging him on uh, his approach and and you know, what he put in, you know, put into the Wolfpack and and how hard he worked for uh, for the team in Hartford, uh, you know, I, I have nothing but uh, positive things to say about him. Those are he, he and Glass are two great examples of of veteran players that uh, that came down and were determined. Uh, uh, to be a positive force in this league and, and put whatever bitterness they might have been harboring behind them and, and never show uh, a hint of it. And I, uh, you know, I, I can't say enough about either one of those guys. Switching gears a little bit, uh, you get to see a lot of Ranger prospects we don't often watch here. Is there any player that has personally wowed you this season uh, that have maybe stuck out that's maybe not a top prospect of ours or uh, even if it is? Uh, it's been a It's been a tough year. You know, uh, team-wise, uh, the 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 record uh, hasn't been what uh, anybody was uh, was hoping for. Obviously, um, when uh, when this team was put together uh, during the off season, I mean, it, it's uh, in terms of of players that uh, have surprised. I don't know that, that there's anybody uh, that's really stood out. There's there's one guy who's uh, who's on an AHL contract actually, Matt Carey. Uh, who has 18 goals, which is uh, tied for second most on the team, who was, was brought in as a guy when you looked at the, the depth chart from uh, the beginning of the season that he might struggle to make this team. But uh, uh, he's uh, you know, he's certainly got some work to do in certain areas of his game. But uh, uh, his older brother, Greg, is in the, the Philadelphia organization and followed some sort of the same career track as Matt. 
uh, out of St. Lawrence University and, and is now a call-up guy uh, for the Flyers and at one point was leading the AHL in goals scored. So I'd say if there's one guy that, that's uh, kind of surprised, uh, it would be Kerry. And, and he's, you know, he, like I said, he's on an AHL contract. So he's basically a free agent at the end of this year. And uh, uh, he's going to be able to, to sell his services to the highest bidder. But I'm sure the Rangers organization will be uh, interested based on what he's done for the Wolfpack this year. And, and uh, you know, when you look at a guy like Ryan Graves on, on defense, I mean, he's, he's certainly a, a, a prospect that's uh, gotten some acclaim in the past, and rightly so. But I think he, he continues to develop his game. He, he came in and made a, a pretty big splash uh, in the offensive end last year. And I think is uh, working on rounding out his game a little bit more this year. Uh, big kid with a long reach, uh, great attitude, and and uh, some booming shot. And just uh, I think trying to work on his uh, decision making, his defensive zone play, and his his overall game. But uh, I think he's uh, he's a guy that's an exciting prospect. That's almost two years into his career now. Now the Rangers did make an AHL move today as well, signing. Uh, Vinny Lettieri right out of college, uh, Minnesota. Are you able to follow NCAA hockey at all when the Rangers or any other team makes a move like this? Do you have background on someone like Lettieri already before he even skates for the Wolfpack? I pretty much am using the same sources that the rest of the world is as far as uh, websites and, and uh, all the rest of the stuff you look up on the internet to, to find background on these guys. So uh, in terms of, of undrafted college free agents no i'm i'm pretty much in the same position that uh, any observer would be but uh a guy like Lettieri, uh he hasn't officially joined the wolf pack uh as of yet but i'm assuming he will at, at some point and uh uh yeah got great hockey bloodlines and and a, a good career at a terrific program so uh that that's the one upside to the fact that the wolf pack are out of the ahl playoff race is that uh, the games don't mean quite as much in terms of the, the win-loss record. So uh, players like uh, Letary, if he comes here, and, and uh, also Ty Ronning can, can go right into the lineup and, and they can sort of get a trial by fire as far as uh, uh, what they can do in the transition from, uh, in Ronning's case, the Western Hockey League, and uh, Letary's case from, from Division One College to the AHL. Now, I know it's been a rough year for Hartford specifically, but the maybe one of the perks of the job is you get to see young prospects from other teams as well. Anyone from any of the other teams in the AHL stand out to you this season as someone we should be keeping an eye on? Okay. Now that you, you put me on the spot, I'm going to have to, uh, uh, well, and there's a player, uh, Jake Gensel that was, uh, was playing in, in Wilkes-Barre for quite a while, but, uh, he's, he's no secret at the, the NHL level. Now he's gone up and, uh, I found his way onto Sidney Crosby's line and done pretty well. So if he'd asked me that a couple months ago, I probably uh, maybe would have pulled out uh, a name like Gensel. Um, I think he got his first career goal against the Rangers too. Yeah, it's very possible. I, I'd forgotten that. But uh, a really good AHL player. I think it was uh, it was only a matter of time before uh, he was going to get his uh, shot to go up. Uh, the uh, the Islanders organization, uh, we see their uh, affiliate in Bridgeport quite a bit. Uh, they've got a defenseman uh, that actually played uh, college locally here at Quinnipiac University named Devon Taves. Uh, he's no relation, apparently, to uh, John Jonathan Taves. He's from Western Canada, and the name is spelled exactly the same. But mm. uh, uh, I, I interviewed him earlier in the year, and he tells me there's no relation. But 
Uh, he's he's been a really good player for uh, Bridgeport. He's currently leading all AHL rookies uh, in assists. He's one of the top power play uh, point men in the league. So he's he's one that uh, that certainly uh, stands out. And uh, uh, beyond that, I'm I'm not thinking of any uh, names right off the top of my head. Uh, uh, the goaltender in Providence that's been back and forth between Boston, Zane McIntyre has had a a terrific year in the AHL things haven't uh, gone quite as well for him uh, when he's been up with the uh, Boston, but uh, uh, he's been absolutely lights out in the AHL and uh, he beat the Wolfpack uh, twice this past weekend. The Peck had games Friday and Sunday against Providence and uh, McIntyre was the winning goaltender in, uh, in both of them. And uh, uh, also went up and backed up for a game in Boston in between. So I don't, I don't know if there's been any uh, real superstar players besides uh uh, maybe Gensel, uh, who was pushing the lead league, league lead in scoring when he got called up and, and now has been up in Pittsburgh for close to half a season. But, uh, you know, it's a, it's a great proving ground and, and it's, uh, it's always amazing how many, uh, players graduate every year and, and move on and, and, uh, and make an impact in the NHL, uh, after, uh, you know, I think, uh, when, when players come into this league, they're, they're surprised how good of a league it is. And, and it's, uh, a really good preparation for uh, for going up top and succeeding in the NHL. This is a perfect segue to my next question, which is, you know, the NHL right now seems to be headed towards more youth and speed. Do you think that's changed the uh, influence of the development of the players you see in the NHL? Is it like anything like that really stayed out to you? I think, yeah, the, uh, the smaller, speedier guy uh, is has more of a chance now uh, or than probably uh, – uh, in the past uh, eras, I mean, I've mentioned Ty Ronning before. Uh, his dad, Cliff Ronning, uh, is just as small as Ty, maybe even a little bit smaller. And that that's uh, about uh, five six, five seven, and and not two hundred pounds. So, and uh, Cliff Ronning back in the day, he broke in. There, there were not very many guys his size that were able to succeed in the NHL. I think that's uh, there's there's uh, it, it's there's less. Uh, sort of an intimidation uh, tactics that, that might uh, prevent uh, some of the smaller players from, from being able to uh, survive out there. And, and uh, basically whatever, a lot of most, if not all of what you're seeing in the NHL trickles down to, uh, to the AHL as far as uh, the style of play and, and systems and, and uh, development. It's, uh, it's definitely a laboratory for the NHL and, and, uh, uh, guys, guys will definitely get uh, get. I mean, it's not quite as fast as the NHL, and it, the top end skill level is not quite as high. But it's uh, it's a, a very similar game uh, at, at this level to the NHL in terms of uh, uh, how teams approach it and and uh, you know how carefully they they structure the systems. And and you know there aren't there aren't too many players in this league anymore that that aren't legitimate prospects to right on the bubble of, of stepping up to the NHL. So. Uh, yeah, I think uh, to answer your question, uh, yeah, anything anything that the NHL is uh, is focusing on definitely trickles down to the AHL. Now, kind of piggybacking off that, I know he's only been down there a handful of times. I think it, it might even be less than five. But you've been able to see Pavel Buchnevich firsthand. Does he – the stat lines every time he comes to Hartford seem to be video game-like. It's like he gets two points every time he's there. Does he seem – like he's on another level when he's down in Hartford, or is that kind of just a little bit of myth in the numbers? No, I think the, the numbers are legit. Um, you know, he he's and like you said, I haven't gotten a big eyeful of him, but uh, 
Uh, when, when he has been in the Wolfpack lineup, it's pretty clear that he's one of those guys that sees the ice just a little bit better than most guys in his league. And, uh, he can see a hole and get to it a little bit quicker than, uh, than most players in, in the AHL. Uh, great, great pinpoint shot. Uh, he's, uh, he scored a couple of goals on just, uh, just terrific quick release, uh, shots. So, um, you know, has he been just absolutely super dominating every shift? Uh, no, but, uh, you know, he, he strikes me as a, as a player that, uh, that kind of waits in the weeds and finds openings. And, and when he sees that opening, uh, he gets into it quicker than, than anybody's going to de- deny him in, uh, in the AHL. And, uh, I got to think it's, it's only a matter of time for him in the NHL before he's, he's doing that, uh, pretty consistently at the NHL level as well, because obviously, uh, in snapshots and flashes of time with the Rangers, he's shown that he can, uh, he can put up some numbers as well. Just uh, seems to me as one of those guys that, that the puck just follows around, and, and uh, uh, no matter where he plays, uh, eventually a, a lot of points are going to come off of his stick. Now, you've been super generous with your time with us today, so we only have two more questions for you. The first one is kind of obvious. You've now been in Hartford firmly for 20 years. Like you said, you came there after the Whalers left. Is there any chance of an NHL franchise ever returning to Hartford? Well, you never know. Uh, I'm sure there's still, uh, quite a segment of fans that, that would love to see that. Uh, I sure don't think it's happening tomorrow, but, uh, uh you know, there's talk of, uh, renovating the XL Center in a similar fashion to what was done at Madison Square Garden over the course of, uh, a couple or three off seasons. Uh, not, you know, not a complete teardown and a, and a, a, a restruct, uh, reconstruction of a new building, but, but a pretty full scale renovation that would, uh, uh, make it, uh, an, an NHL caliber building circa uh, 2017. You know, it was a, it's a nice AHL building and it, it was a, a perfectly serviceable NHL building for a long time, but, uh, uh, clearly that era has passed and, and I don't think the NHL is going to come back and play in the XL Center as it's currently constructed. But, uh, if, uh, the politicians here in this state do find the money to do this renovation they're talking about, you never know. Uh, you know, I, I don't think, uh, if you told anybody back in, in the late 90s that the NHL was ever going back to Winnipeg, that uh, anybody would have believed you. So, um, you know, crazy things happen in the NHL. The business changes. Uh, it's all cyclical. So uh, w- am I prepared to say it would never happen? Uh, no, but uh, I, I never say never on anything in hockey. Final question, a little bit of nonsense here. We kind of ask this to everyone that comes in the podcast, and the question really is, is a hot dog a sandwich? But before you answer that, at the arena, do they call a hot dog a heart dog? And if not, why not? A heart dog? A heart dog. You're missing out what on marketing mean? opportunities. Yeah, heart dog. Hartford dog. Yeah, I guess. Well, <laughs> uh, do you have that copyrighted? Not yet, but I'm gonna. I'm doing that right now. I'm online. Oh, okay. All right. You better be quick. Uh, you know, I, I, I. To me, no, a hot dog is not a sandwich. A hot dog is a hot dog. It's, it's a different category. But, My guy. Uh, um, you know, that's that's. I guess that that could be a matter of debate for an entire show. Trust me. I would say no. A hot dog is a hot dog, not a thing. <laughs> Thank you for being on my side, Bob Crawford. And I also appreciate all the time you've given us today. Uh, you're welcome back on whenever to talk about the AHL. Until then, until next time, uh, do you want to plug your Twitter real quick before we head out of here? Yes, it's at Hawk Crawford, H-A-W-K-C-R-A-W-F-O-R-D. And the next time you have me on, I'll explain about why. It's Hawk, but it's at Hawk Crawford. It's because he's from Chicago. It's 
because he's from Chicago. <laughs> yeah, it's part of it, actually. That's, <laughs> ah, it was close. That's a good catch by you. All right, look at me. All right, Bob, thanks so much for coming on. We'll speak to you next time. Okay, guys, thanks. Bye. And we're back! All right, so that was really quite uh, the professional interview from us, as we mentioned previously. I, I want to just go ahead and pat ourselves on the back. Great job, Greg. I didn't think we had it in us. I really did. completely honest. I don't think we cursed once. You know what was the most oh. incredible part? We did not mention I it. Don't... Oh, oh I, I thought you were going to bring up the fact that he thinks a hot dog is just a hot dog. Ooh, I was going to bring that up, but I think the most incredible part is we did not uh, bring up Adam Clendenning once. So good for us. <laughs> well, I, that's because Clendenning didn't play with the Wolfpack this year. I know. He's probably never seen that. So uh, <laughs> still, we could have been like, do you think Clendenning would have made that team better? Um, all right. Listen, there's a lot coming up this week for us. Like we said earlier in the podcast, this Thursday morning will be MLB over-unders. We're going to go through every team's over-under and pick it. We're going to do it's five. Gonna be, it's going to be a long one. Get, get, your, get your popcorn ready. This is probably uh, my favorite non-Ranger podcast of the year. I, it's our first time really doing it, and I, I do love MLB baseball over-unders, and Greg has a de- degenerate gambling problem, so that'll be fun. And then, Spoiler alert, I've already put $100 on the Mets over. Okay, all right, fine. And then Friday, we're going to do a full WrestleMania prod uh, that'll come out. Uh, we're going to have a bunch of our friends come on to talk about all the matches. They're actual wrestling fans where we are fair weather, as we've mentioned. And uh, we're going to go through and break down all the, all the matches there. So that'll be fun. A lot of nonsense coming up this week. Greg, before we go, any uh, any tidbits you want to talk about? Tid- uh, you put me on the spot. Should I have tidbits? No. No, you shouldn't. Just asking. Anything we've missed? No. All right. Listen. No, I've missed my bedtime. That's what I've missed. Okay. It's 7-12. Anyway, uh, we're going to go. Okay. So here, here, dude, you have to do the math this way, right? right. What time do you get up for work? 6 a.m. 6 a.m. Yeah. What time do you have to be at work? Uh, 9. But I go to the gym okay. in the morning. So. Oh, this guy. So, yes. well, let, let's just use your model. So, so you get up three hours before you have to go into work. Yes, yeah, so you'd have if to get want, up at 12. <laughs> you want to get up three hours before I have to go into work. You'd have to get up at midnight, okay. which means in your mind, we are recording at 1 a.m. Yes, that's true. Okay, so fine. We are, we are at my 1 a.m. All right. I am allowed to be tired. You have made your point. Listen, Greg, have a great night's sleep. I will talk to you will. in this lullaby. I'm going to go watch Civil War. I think I'm on episode three Rock, and a half. Rockabye, Greggy. Guys, uh, I hope to see you guys back later this week. It'll be a, quite the week of nonsense. I hope you enjoyed our, our interview with Bob Crawford. Go follow him at Twitter at Hawk Crawford. Follow us on Twitter while you're doing that at Blue Shirts Break. And we'll see you guys later. This pro- podcast is not brought to you by any sponsor because we have literally none. See you guys later. I feel like that's your fault. Mm, probably. Bye. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.